Welcome to the intersection of faith and the culture. It's Wall Builders. We're taking on the hot topics of the day from a biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective. Everything we need to know about how to address all the issues of our day. God's Word speaks to it. We can learn from history about it, and then we can learn how to apply it in our particular culture under our United States Constitution. So we appreciate you being here with us on the program to learn how to do those things. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution coach and a former Texas legislator, and it's my honor to serve here with David and Tim Barton. David is, of course, America's premier historian and our founder at Wall Builders. Tim's a national speaker and pastor and president of Wall Builders, and all three of us, you can find out more at the website, wallbuilderslive.com. That's our radio site. And then there's wallbuilders.com, our main site. Lots of great tools and information there. Uh, and, and, and these are, you know, I'm, I'm talking tools that will equip and inspire and, and educate you. They'll, they'll give you what you need to be a part of the solution, to help save America, to save liberty, to restore, to rebuild the walls, just like the name Wall Builders comes from in Nehemiah, rise and rebuild the walls that we may no longer be a reproach. So get engaged, folks. Become a part of the solution. Check it out today at wallbuilders.com and wallbuilderslive.com. All right, David and Tim, we've got Sheriff Bill Weyburn with us from Tarrant County, Texas. Uh, it's one of the largest counties in Texas and and definitely the largest Republican county in Texas. And uh, so he's going to be on to, to talk about a, a question that we got from a listener. And uh, normally we'd do this on a Foundations of Freedom Thursday, but uh, we got the sheriff to come on with us today. So got a special interview that's sort of a mix of Foundations of Freedom Thursday and an interview for us. And the question goes something like this. I heard the podcast on Monday with Bob McEwen. It's been a few weeks ago, guys, but uh, with Bob McEwen about FBI raids. My question is, don't local county sheriffs have the authority to stand up to the feds and stop these raids? I've always thought of the county sheriff departments as a shield for the county residents against federal law enforcement when the feds want to abuse their power like this. Am I wrong? Okay, guys, so it's a general question uh, about sheriffs and the ability to stand up to feds and stop. Uh, these raids. There's a lot in that question. So we probably should remind everybody of our conversation with Bob McEwen uh, with regard to the FBI and with regard to constitutional authority versus unconstitutional authority and that sort of thing. Um, But Sheriff uh, Weyburn will be talking about how he works with federal law enforcement and where he draws the line. Yeah, you know, this is is something we've talked about before in the sense that we really do see sheriffs as the real constitutional bastion in the law enforcement area. Generally, and this is a generalization, so there's certainly exceptions, but what we generally see is sheriffs are more committed to constitutional knowledge than are most police officers or chief, chiefs of police. City officials, city, city cops, city officers usually are not as well-versed in the Constitution as the sheriffs themselves are, and that doesn't mean the sheriff's deputies. But we've seen, for example, when the red flag law went through in Colorado, 85% of the sheriffs in Colorado said, no, we're not going to uphold that law because it is a direct violation of the Second Amendment. And we have seen case after case, uh, we've seen sheriffs say, look, immigration law, if you're going to not uphold the immigration law, we're going to uphold it because that is the law. And if the feds aren't going to do it, we will. So we have watched them uh, throughout the, the last several years be the guys that would stand up and defend the Constitution. So it's an interesting question, but, you know, this also goes back to the concept of federalism where you have local and state and federal. And it's going to be hard for a sheriff to tell a federal official you can't enforce federal law. Now, if a federal official steps in to try to do something outside of federal law or by regulation or do something that that because it's their agenda, the administration, that's that's where a sheriff will step step in. But if there is a specific federal statute that makes something a federal felony, 
it's unlikely that the sheriff's going to get involved with that. But we'll talk to Sheriff Waver. And, and, and Rick, as you point out, Tarrant County, um, that's the home of Fort Worth. And Fort Worth is the 13th largest city in the nation. I believe it's the largest city in the nation that's still Republican out of all the big cities. Well, one of the things, too, that is worth noting is just over the last year or two, when we started to see some of the results from the census, Tarrant County is the number one fastest growing county out of all the counties in all of the United States of America. Wow. So it is a incredibly wow. fast growing county as people are escaping New York or yeah. California, wherever they're going. Texas is a pretty popular destination, but specifically the Fort Worth, Dallas area, there are so many jobs, so many opportunities. And so there's been an enormous growth from 2010 to 2020. It was the fastest growing county in all the United States of America. And, and that's reached the sheriff. So not only is he having to navigate some of what's happening in, in, in the United States as a whole, but also everything he was already dealing with is now being expanded and expounded upon because of the growing population. Uh, so a, a lot of interesting things, Rick, I think you can have a, a great discussion with Sheriff Bill Wayburn. It's, as a side note, he and I also attend church together. Uh, and so it's always great to see him there as well. Anyway, uh, definitely somebody that can give us some insight into navigating this question of what role does local law enforcement play and what can they do? When can they push back against the overreach of the federal government or some kind of the, the bureaucracy, these three-letter groups that we have seen reach out and begin to do things that certainly don't seem to fall in their realm of jurisdiction? And and uh, just so people can picture this, Tim, since you go to church with him, you know, w- w- I'm sure when he walks into church, it's like when he walks into any room. He is the stereotypical image of a Texas sheriff, right? Like tall guy, white hat, big mustache. I mean, when he walks in, you just go, that guy should be a sheriff. If he's not he's, the sheriff, yeah, he should he's, be he's the sheriff. Some, he's somewhere of a blend between a Chuck Norris and a Sam Elliott, right? Like I, that's, I was going to say Sam Elliott. That's, that is yeah. the guy we're talking to. Yep. Yep. That's well, right. And, and we like him a lot. Sheriff Wayburn, our special guest today. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. I'll over. This is Tim Barton from Wall Builders with another moment from American history. In 1963, the United States Supreme Court decided that voluntary Bible reading could no longer be part of the school day. Founding Father Benjamin Rush, known as the father of public schools under the Constitution, pointedly warned that the Bible should be read in schools in preference to all other books. He specifically warned that if America ever ceased promoting biblical principles in schools, then we would waste so much time and money in punishing crimes and take so little pains to prevent them. He was right. We now have 7 million Americans in prison, on probation or on parole, and the United States has the highest incarceration rate in the world. Sadly, this was unnecessary, but is the result of no longer teaching the morals of the Bible in schools. For more information about the Founding Fathers' views on the positive impact of the Bible in schools, go to wallbuilders.com. Welcome back to Wallbuilders. Thanks for staying with us. Man, I'm excited about this interview today uh, because I love this guy. I've been I've been watching him for years, actually kind of on the campaign trail with him even when he first ran and has just done a great job. He's sheriff of one of the biggest counties in Texas and uh, and, and a real example to sheriffs across the country. Sheriff Bill Wayburn, so, it's such a pleasure to have you, man. Tarrant County, Texas, Fort Worth. Most people know it as, as the stockyards and, and all that good stuff. But, man, thanks for coming on today. Well, what an honor it is to be with you, Rick, and and uh, it is exciting for me to be here with you. And I want you to know that I'm a huge, huge fan of wall builders—people that seek the truth and present the truth all the time. 
what incredible honor and integrity that this program has. Well, thank you, sir. And and uh, just right back at you. I know everybody's listening is going, okay, guys, mutual admiration society. We get it and all. But, uh, you know, the truth is, I mean, it is uh, you're you're in the I, I think the most important constitutional office in the country. And and uh, you understand that and you take it serious. and You have such a great background in, in law enforcement. But when you ran, it was it was uh, you know, it was it was about not just law enforcement, but the Constitution itself. And, and uh, just enjoyed hearing you uh, speak back then. And and uh, you've lived up to everything that you said you do on the campaign trail, and that's rare in politics these days. So, so God bless you for standing your ground and, and doing a great job and representing Texas well, not just Tarrant County, but, but all of Texas. Well, thank you. I, you know, we were, uh, we've been talking a lot about uh, the distrust now and, and certainly federal law enforcement at this point with all the crazy stuff going on. And, and uh, you know, people are asking us, okay, so what do, what do we do and, and what's, the, what's the best way to deal with that? And, of course, we've got friends in Congress working on that. And, and uh, working to improve that situation. Uh, but one of the big questions is, what does local law enforcement do when federal law enforcement comes into their jurisdiction? And so we were just hoping for some guidance from you on, on kind of how you're handling it. And, and we think a lot of our, our listeners across the country, uh, including sheriffs and, and law enforcement, um, would enjoy hearing from you and, and just how you've approached that since you came into office. Well, what we have done here, and, and uh, fortunately with the boots on the ground out here, and I know we're a long way from the flagpole of Washington, and uh, I want the listeners to know the feds that I work here with here are incredible people who are good Americans and and uh, stay way away from the fray, if you will, of, of, of what crazy Washington is doing. That's good to hear. And uh, what we do, what I, what I have done as sheriff is that we meet on a regular basis with our federal partners. And that it does include FBI, DEA, ATF, uh, Postal Service. And uh, we meet with all of those guys, uh, a secret service, and uh, we meet with all those guys on a regular basis, and we deconflict. We talked about what each of us are doing so that we're not running the same traps, if you will. Yeah. And if we can help each other, that we will. And there, there has never, and I'm prepared to do it, there's never been a line drawn in the sand on anything that they have done in law enforcement where, I, where I've had to say, no, I'm not going to help you, and I'm, we're not going to be a part of that. Uh, is Those guys have been dedicated to going after terrorists, after huge drug dealers. Uh, the DEA and us have worked incredibly well together, and, uh, and we have captured a lot of bad guys because of that. And... Uh, we also, I failed to mention the U.S. Marshal Services, and uh, we, we deal with those guys all the time. Everybody needs to know that the U.S. Marshal Service is not only providing protection of federal prisoners or courthouses, but they are also going after some of the worst people of the worst in the Fugitive Task Force. And uh, so they're out every day hunting fugitives down. And that particular group is we blend in our fugitive officers with them. So it's a... Uh, um, we help each other in that arena with the intent of just getting bad guys off the street to make sure our community's safe. Give us an idea, uh, Sheriff, of the size of, of Tarrant County and, and, and the law enforcement you deal with that you've got under your belt. And then, I mean, obviously all these other agencies that you work hand in hand with, but you've got a, you, you've got a large county to deal with. Well, the latest census is we're nearly at 2.2 million people right here in Tarrant County. And uh, we have 40 plus municipalities and, and probably another 38 municipal police departments that we work with every day, uh, along with the various other agencies. And, and just to give people an idea of what goes on here is 
is our average daily population in our jails around 4,200. We book in about 50,000 people a year and book 50,000 out a year. Wow. Wow. And then, and you've got, I'm assuming, uh, you know, is, is Tarrant County like a lot of the counties where I live? I'm, I'm down south of, of uh, the Austin area, kind of between Austin and San Antonio. So we've got a lot of unincorporated areas in our counties. Is, is Tarrant grown to the point where you don't really have any of that? Or do you have areas where there is no local uh, a police force and you guys have to fill the gap as the, as the sheriff's department? Yeah, we have a pretty robust patrol unit that we do have a lot of unincorporated city. Uh, we believe that population is at about 70,000, 75,000 people. Uh, we also uh, are the contract law enforcement for a couple of municipalities as well. And actually, we think that role will grow over the years uh, as smaller agencies are struggling to be able to afford law enforcement. So we think that part of it's going to grow. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we got a pretty robust uh, patrol unit. So, okay, so back to this uh, multi-jurisdiction thing, um, you know, and this has been a tough couple years uh, to, for the whole country, but I mean, me personally, it's like, man, I've always been so pro in law, law enforcement. My brother in law is a sergeant over in Grand Prairie, right next door to you there. And, mm-hmm. and you know, we're, uh, I mean, it, it has grieved me to see the, uh, well, first of all, what happened with the, with the BLM stuff all across the country and, and, and that side of it, uh, which was built on a bunch of lies about our law enforcement across the country. But Absolutely. then, of course, all the FBI stuff and the and the you know J- January sixth and 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 you know sort of the two tier justice system is what it appeared to us, where some one side is being treated very different than the other, and now it appears to be politicized so much from what's coming out with Twitter and everything. So just throwing all of that on the fire here um, is I'm a guessing it's it really where the rubber meets the road is on the ground with you guys, and like you said, dealing with. The officers on you know that are that are uh, in your area and not the Washington politics side, and so far you haven't had to have that you know nope we're not going to let you come in here and politicize this thing uh, in your district. If you had to, what are the steps like? What how do you say no? Can you say no, or do you believe you can say no uh, well, to a federal law enforcement agency? Is is they don't have to ask. A lot of people are misconstrued. They they don't have to ask my permission to come in and enforce federal law in the community, but what they may, the resource that I have uh, is obviously the jail. I can say, gentlemen, I am not interested in participating in this. We're not going to do this. We don't think that's the in the best interest. And there, there have been, you know, and they know where I stand on these issues, so they probably wouldn't ask to assist in any resources. But that's the, that's the leverage that we would have in that event. Uh, and, you know, my prayer is, is that they don't come in and do something uh, you know, there was at a point where the new ATF regulatory people were trying to, uh, at one time they had uh, some of these weapons that they call pistols. They were trying to make them short-barreled firearms under this administration. And, uh, uh, you know, and it, fortunately the courts have upheld that was unconstitutional. And I think we're going to be good to go on that. But that was one of the laws that said, listen, I don't think it's right that you say it's legal today, but we're going to make it illegal tomorrow and make a good citizen a felon with a firearm. Yeah. Uh, and and so we're not participating in any of that. that. That's probably the best example, too, you know, is or the easiest example to, to you know, those laws. Uh, you know, there's always an effort to change gun laws and, and, and one way or the other. And, and, and should that you know, should they pass some crazy law at the federal level, and or just a just a rule even by ATF, um, and and you and and other Texas officials say, nah, you guys have gone too far. That's violating the Second Amendment. We're not going to enforce that. I've discussed this a lot with our mutual friend Matt Krause, and he had an approach several years ago, basically saying, as a state rep, he was he was trying to get a bill passed, basically saying if they do something like that, 
We're not necessarily saying yet that we'd stop them from coming in and enforce it, but we're not going to let them use any of our resources to enforce it. That next level of, okay, we may stop them from enforcing it, that's a whole other ballgame we hope we never have to get into. Uh, that's the right. type of questions we're getting. But but the first step would just be, hey, no, we're like you're saying, you're not going to use our jail and, and we're not going to send our officers out to um, you know do a raid like that on something that we think is unconstitutional. Is that kind of the best place to stand your ground right now? That, that is, and to clarify that, that one of the reasons I really had angst with that, it's a regulation. It's not a law passed by Congress. Yeah, yeah. And and, and so those issues need to be looked at. But, I mean, you know, in discussions this week, just in the last couple of weeks, we have a federal contract for prisoners. And, and it's came time. These are routine things, a memo of understanding. And one of the things on on there that they, they were saying, hey, we're going to we're going to ask you to follow presidential orders and these regulations and that regulations. And I said, you're not going to get me to sign that. Uh, I will follow Texas law and I will uphold Texas jail standards of prisoners in, but I won't do any of this other stuff. That's great, man. That's and, and that, cause that's who you answer to, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's who elected you. And that's the law that, that you're, I mean, even though we're obviously American citizens and the, and the federal yeah, stuff absolutely. comes into play, but your your number one responsibility is to Texas law. Yeah, and and I reminded them, by the way, is Texas has higher jail standards than federals do, so yeah. <laughs> they're even better off. But uh, well, I I pray you know it's it, it, that we never get to that point where it you guys at, at what you're doing have to stand in in between uh, you know a, a federal um, law enforcement situation that would that would violate constitutional rights. Uh, Absolutely. Know, but it's good to know we got people that that understand it and are thinking through those things um, in the positions that you're in. And and I think I think our I know our audience, but I think people all over the country are man they're paying more attention to the sheriff's races than they ever have before because Absolutely. of all this stuff. And uh, and that's probably good. And that's you know it's good for guys like you that do stand up for the Constitution. Uh, but boy, a lot of those other sheriffs, man, they, uh, th- this was stuff they probably hadn't thought about before or, or hadn't been an issue. And now all of a sudden it's a, it's a front burner issue. And, and you probably hear a lot of that at the conferences and things with other sheriffs. It, it absolutely do. And, and, uh, and I, just for your listeners and in, in not only in Texas, but especially in North Texas, uh, the, the, again, the federal agents that come here a lot of times are Texans trying to get home. And, and number one and number two is is that far as municipal law enforcement here and and along with even the sheriff's office, all the sheriff's officers of course, I got to believe uh, looking across the country and across the world, best law enforcement's found right here in North Texas. Yeah, and uh, they are going to be people who stand their ground and uh, they're courageous, they're brave, they're bold, but they're constitutionally minded. That's great. That is reassuring, brother. Absolutely so. Well, thanks for serving the great state of Texas and uh, and Tarrant County. You're, let's see, you're in your second term now, right? I am in the middle of my second term. I sure yeah. am. All right. Well, keep it up, brother. And uh, thanks for being a listener of Wall Builders, too, and, and encouraging other people to listen. But uh, David and Tim send their best, and we appreciate you coming on. Rick, thank you so much. Anytime. It was great to visit with you. All right, folks. That's Sheriff Bill Wayburn right here in Texas in Tarrant County. That's Fort Worth to the U. You folks outside of Texas may not know where Tarrant County is. And uh, we'll be right back. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with David and Tim Barton. Hey, this is Tim Barton with Wall Builders. And as you've had the opportunity to listen to Wall Builders Live, you've probably heard the wealth of information about our nation. 
about our spiritual heritage, about the religious liberties, about all the things that makes America exceptional. And you might be thinking, as incredible as this information is, I wish there was a way that I could get one of the Wall Builders guys to come to my area and share with my group, whether it be a church, whether it be a Christian school or public school or some political event or activity. If you're interested in having a Wall Builder speaker come to your area, you can get on our website at www.wallbuilders.com and there's a tab for scheduling. And if you'll click on that tab, you'll notice there's a list of information from speakers' bios to events that are already going on. And there's a section where you can request an event to bring this information about who we are, where we came from, our religious liberties and freedoms. Go to the Wall Builders website and bring a speaker to your area. We're back here on Wall Builders. Thanks for staying with us, and special thanks to Sheriff Bill Wayburn for taking some time to join us on the program today. And, uh, Tim, like you said earlier, you go to church. I didn't realize that until you said that earlier on the program that you went to church with him. So uh, pretty cool to have him on the program. And, uh, you know, guys, I mean, tough, tough position anywhere in the country, especially with the, you know, attacks on law enforcement over the last couple of years. Uh, but also for a sheriff to have to, you know, figure out this line of how do I deal with federal overreach, you know, where does that come into my jurisdiction? What do I do with it? So, you know, difficult position that these sheriffs are in. But like you said, David, earlier in the program, they tend to be, not always, but they tend to be more interested in studying the Constitution and knowing uh, how to fulfill their role from a constitutional perspective, not just a law enforcement perspective. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that Bill pointed out that, look, the, the feds don't even have to notify him when they come in to do something in town. If it's a federal law, the feds are going to enforce the federal law. But I really liked and I appreciated what he said about we meet all the time to try to deconflict. And that's such a good approach that you want to be on good terms with Secret Service and Postal Service and FBI and DEA and the U.S. Marshal Service and all those different things that we, we get along, we work together, we make sure we're on the same page. That's really hard to get an agenda going when you keep that going. I don't know if that's characteristic of other cities. I don't really think that it is. Uh, but I know Sheriff Weyburn really does set a bright example on how to do things here. And, and this is a great law and order community. And he is uh, it's not a tyrannical community. He stays within those constitutional bounds and he just does a, a great job. And as he points out, he, he thinks there's a huge difference between a federal regulation and a federal law. And I'm glad to hear him say that difference because there's so many people that try to enforce regulations, not laws. And that's a huge difference. I think we've talked even about Mike Lee, Senator Mike Lee, how that he keeps two boxes in his office. One is a box of all the laws that were passed by the House and the Senate and signed by the president. And the other is all the federal regulations that have come out. And it is a couple terms ago, but in the one box that was just laws passed by Congress, there's 127 laws in it and took up maybe four or five inches off the floor. On the other stack was 14 feet of the federal regulations that have been passed in that term of Congress. And so there's a huge difference between regulations and laws and, you know, sheriffs upholding the law, not upholding the regulations. That's really important. And Sheriff Weyburn's a good example of that. Well, and also, too, as he points out that one of the challenging dichotomies of what what people think where there should be such a separation of powers without recognizing that even though there are separate jurisdictions, uh, and, and this is a side note, there's so many thoughts uh, jumbling in my head right now, but you know, he said on the local level, he really works well with these guys, right? He was very, very clear as he was talking to make sure people knew, like, it's the Washington wackos. Because what the people he's dealing with here on the ground, they recognize the on-the-ground problems. They haven't seen the same kind of crazy issues uh, that we might see sometimes on the news. And, and one of the challenges in culture in general with our, our everybody has 
a smartphone media society is that we are now so connected around the world through the visual apparatus of media and smart technology that sometimes we don't recognize that what's happening in one place isn't always what it is everywhere else. And as he was very clear to show the dichotomy of the Washington wackos versus the local guys, but then also recognizing what for him, who he wants to be a constitutionally upholding sheriff, what can he do? Where is his line of jurisdiction? And he said, right, I haven't had to draw a line in the sand yet, but I am totally prepared to. And then giving the example of if they're going to try to turn law abiding citizens into felons, I'm not going to help enforce that. I, you know, he would not be the one on the call going to arrest people, but he can say, hey, no, you're not going to hold them in my jail. We're not going to make our resources available to you. That is really the limitations. And this is important people to know. This is the limitations where the, the sheriffs don't have to work with, but they can't necessarily stop what they are doing. And as even in the interview was pointed out, God forbid a time comes when sheriffs are going to have to pick a side of who they're going to support uh, law-abiding citizens or a tyrannical overreaching government. We don't want to get to that position, but people do need to recognize there is a limitation on what local sheriffs can do. However, they don't have to work with the big government if the government is overreaching on some of these occasions. And by the way, local sheriff is a local elected office, and and we're talking generally they only get single-digit turnouts in the elections. So this is a super important constitutional office. This is one that people really ought to pay attention to. You need to find out about law enforcement in your community. You need to know who the sheriff is, who's running for sheriff, see what they what they believe, where they stand, see where they are in the Constitution. Um, this is a really significant check and balance with abuse and having the right sheriff is is really, really significantly important. So people need to be involved in local elections. It means you have to spend a little time finding out who's running for sheriff, but it's worth the time because it, it may be your freedom at some point that is determined by that election. So we really do need to see people get more involved in sheriff's elections. All right, folks, out of time for today. Check out our website today at wallbuilders.com and wallbuilderslive.com. Get in those archives, listen to some of those past programs, get educated, get equipped, get inspired, and then get out there and be a difference maker in your community. Special thanks to Sheriff Wayburn for joining us today. Thank you for being a listener to Wallbuilders. I hope you'll consider making a one-time or monthly contribution today. You can do that at either of those websites. That's an investment in freedom. Believe me, folks, uh, it is a uh, it is paying off big time. We have so many people that are going through the biblical citizenship courses that are going, uh, you know, and, and getting other people to get engaged in the community that are running for office, that are just making a difference. They're being a voice in their community, at their church, within their families. And you can be that voice as well. We want to come alongside you and basically lock shields with you and, and be the be the the intellectual ammunition provider, if you will. And then you go out in your community and make a difference by influencing the folks that God has put in your circles. Thanks so much for listening today. You've been listening to Wobble. Stand undivided.